somebody walks into a space and they don't have any feeling, they're not going to remember that space. They're not going to remember your brand. Every single thing you do should evoke some sort of feeling. Welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. This is a podcast for entrepreneurial women. It's going to help you build confidence, obliterate mental blocks, gain knowledge, and harness the audacity to start your business, grow your business, or just start living your life with a whole lot more fucking audacity than you have been. My name's Melissa Manning. I've founded and co-founded more than 13 businesses in 10 years, and I've got more than 45,000 hours of business operating experience that I wanna share with you. I am here to A, learn more, because we're never effing done, and B, get you to a new level, a new audacious level. So let's get it. Hi, you guys, and welcome back to the Audacious Founder Podcast. Thanks so much for being here. So we have been talking about identity. And so you might be thinking, what does this have to do with business? And this is a perfect opportunity to segue into brand identity. It is so freaking important because brand identity tells your customer who and what you are. It tells your customer why you are here, what you're offering, and why they should buy from you. I think so many entrepreneurs starting out fail to invest enough time, energy, and resources into building a cohesive brand that really knows why they're doing what they're doing, who they are speaking to, and what their business goals are. For example, I am working with a client and he just sent me these new plans for a rooftop bar. They're beautiful. I think they were professionally done either by an architect or a design firm, but they have no personality. There's nothing there that tells me what makes this business or this rooftop bar any different from any of the myriad out there. There's nothing that tells me, oh, this is what I'm going to get when I go to this business or when I go to this venue. And it's disappointing. You know, it's disappointing. There's no creativity there. There's no there's no personality there. There's no hook to hook you in, to make you intrigued and want to experience what it is they're offering. A brand identity, it cultivates a certain image in your customer's mind. So when your customer hears or sees your logo or hears your your brand name, they immediately have a certain image in their mind or they have a certain feeling. Brand identity can be communicated through the logo, through the colors you're using, through the shapes that you use, through other visual effects. It's also through the language that you use in your social media posts, in your advertisements. It's the way your employees or even you yourself communicate with your customers. Another example is the computer that I bought from Apple in 2020. And since I bought it, it has not functioned properly. And so when we think of Apple, we think of superior products, right? Superior performance. We think of our expectations being exceeded, right? When we think of Apple, we also think of great customer service. Over the course of like two years of trying to get this damn computer fixed, 
I finally had it. And so I called the customer service and I was just like, hey, I, I really can't deal with this anymore. She gave me great customer service. She was like, oh yeah, actually we can replace it. And I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. So then she told me that I would have to go into the store and that they would just swap out the computer for me for a brand new one. And I was like, are you sure? Because this seems too good to be true. And she was like, yes, yes, yes. I went into Apple, brought the computer there. And they, of course, were like, no, we can't. That's not one of our policies. We can't do that. I was super pissed. Like, as you can imagine, I've been dealing with this pain in the ass product for two years. I've had it fixed. It doesn't get fixed. And now this person told me they're going to give me a new one. And they tell me, oh, no, actually, we can't do that. So there's nothing we can do. The best we can do is repair it again. What do you mean? It's been repaired. You've fixed it multiple times. I get the computer back and they've like replaced hardware and stuff. But the thing still runs the same. So I called them again and they like escalated the case. And finally, they agreed to give me a new computer and part of why they agreed to this because they realized that their customer service system like the the series of events that took place did not align with their company values and did not align with the expectations they were setting for their customers which was superior customer service right i didn't get that and people in the store are not upholding what people on the phone were saying so bottom line their system got messed up right there were kinks in the system because it's challenging to manage a system of that size. And so that's where I'm going with this. It was a really great example of how we can set these standards. We can set these values. We can create the plan. But sometimes upholding that plan down the line of all of our employees or all of the locations that we have for our business, it's really challenging to keep everything operating according to that system that was created originally. And this was a great example of that. When you have a really strong brand identity, it allows you to have more consistent sales and a more positive reaction when you are promoting new products or new services because these people already know, like, and trust you. And those three words are how you get your customers to buy. It's how you get your customers to remain loyal. Your custies wanna know you. Whether it's your brand or it's you, like they want to have something that they can hold on to. They want to have something that they understand. They want to have something that they resonate with. And so in order for all of that to happen, they have to know you. They have to know your brand. You know, it has to be clear. It has to be understandable. And it has to be consistent so that they can be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who they are. That's what they stand for. That's what I'm getting when I purchase something from them. And so because of that, when then you create a new offering, they're already on board because they already know, they already like you, and they already trust that whatever they're going to get when they purchase is going to be exactly what was promised. This is really important because this is, it's not an easy thing to do. You know, it takes a lot of systems and it takes a lot of maintenance. If you create a system, right, and then you hire 12 employees or even one employee, you even hire one employee, but you've you've built this system out, right? You have steps to it and you can train this person to abide by this system. But then, you know, they had a bad day and they just don't want to do that today, right? 
what can happen in that case is that sales are reduced. For example, if if Apple decided not to take responsibility for how their actions are not in line with their brand identity, right? Their actions were not in line with what I was expecting when I purchased and put my trust in their product. If they decided not to take responsibility for that, they would lose me as a customer. I would never buy from them again because now I don't trust them. And now I also do not like them because they don't have integrity as a company. And so the same thing goes when you're building your brand. If you say, this is who we are, this is who we stand for, this is what you're going to get when you support our business, and then you don't follow through with that, they're not going to buy from you again. Like you get one mother effing shot, one shot, that's it. And if you blow it, you lost a customer. So how do you go about creating a brand identity? So usually for me, when I've created the businesses I've created, I've had a vision in my head. We can talk about my bar, which is one of the last businesses that I opened before COVID. My bar was a vegan restaurant, a space for females. Because I was creating a space for women, in effect, I was also creating a space for LGBTQ. I was creating a space for anybody who wanted a different experience than what they get in a typical bar. And when I think of a typical bar, I think of male-owned, created by a male for generally a male customer or audience. I think of darker colors. I think of wood. I think of dark lights. I think of a lot of men at the bar, to be honest. And so when I created this bar, in my head, my vision was a lot of females, a lot of feminine attributes, um, very safe, very accepting, very open to all kinds of genders or or personalities or people. And the why, why did I want to do that? Well, I wanted to do that because me personally, I felt like there were no spaces for me. And I wanted to create a space for, for myself and for people who resonated with that, people who felt that too when they walked into these dark kind of masculine featured restaurants or bars. I wanted to create a space for those people who felt like they didn't belong in those spaces. And so that was part of my why. I had that vision. I had in my head already colors and shapes and textures. And I had to then put that into physical form, right? I had to start using language in my advertisements and in just basic communication. I had to start using language that would communicate these things. Try to take what my vision was and make it visual. Make it make it so that other people could see it. But all of these elements that I've mentioned are there, you know, the colors, the shapes, the language, the the communication to staff members that this is what we're about. Hiring people who who are on that same page, right? Hiring people who don't directly conflict with the vision and the aim of this space. Another thing that you need to be doing when you are developing your brand is you need to consider your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. So this is called the SWOT analysis, S-W-O-T. When you're starting a business, you have to consider what is going to differentiate me from the other businesses out there that are similar. 
What are my strengths? Because then you have to really put a lot of time, energy, and resources into those strengths. You need to promote them. You need to show people this is what makes us different. This is what we care about. Again, that's what our identity is. This is what you are going to get by coming to my bar, by purchasing the food from the kitchen. What are my weaknesses? Maybe I don't have enough capital to invest in a large inventory at the moment. Maybe there's going to be a longer wait time once an order is placed to the moment that it's shipped because I am the only one working, right? What are the things that could potentially pop up that prevent you from offering the best possible service or product to your customer? It's really important to consider these weaknesses because if you don't, I love the quote, you can't solve a problem that doesn't exist. So in order to solve problems, you have to acknowledge them as problems, right? So, and, and better to do that before they occur. Better to do that right off the bat. Think of every possible thing that can go wrong and formulate at least three solutions for it. Opportunities refer to favorable external factors that could give you a competitive advantage. So for example, for me, when I opened the bar, as far as I knew, there were not many female-owned bars or restaurants in the neighborhood. I mean, the thing about it was that ended up surprising me was that there actually were, but nobody talked about it. So this was an opportunity that nobody was, was going after. Like none of these bars, restaurants in the neighborhood that were owned by women were appealing to the female market by telling them, hey, this is owned by somebody like you. Why not come support me? And that's what I did. So opportunity, an opportunity for me was that there weren't other bars saying, hey, ladies, this is a space for you. Come here, support this. I'm gonna create more things for you. That was an opportunity. The other opportunity was that there wasn't a ton of vegan restaurants, let alone vegan nightlife. There were a couple vegan cafes, but there was no vegan nightlife. That's what we did. That was an opportunity. That was a space there for us to fill. Threats. <laughs> COVID. Hey, there's a threat. Yeah. What are your threats? I mean, is there like this new, really well-known company opening up down the street? Are certain things in the economy going up in price, certain commodities, certain ingredients that you might need to use? Are they, you know, have you heard that they're about to go up in price? Is that, are there any environmental kind of situations going on that, that could harm your business? Uh, you know, for example, lately it's been very difficult for businesses to find employees. A threat could be like, you know, the kind of employees you're looking for, you might not be able to find. Going through your strengths, what is gonna give you an advantage? What are the resources you have? What are the products that you've got or services that are performing really well? Because you need to double down on the things that are going well. Weaknesses, where can we improve? What products are underperforming? Where are we lacking resources? Where can we cut the dead weight? Or where can we where can we improve the weakest link? Threats, actually, I'm sorry, opportunities. What are the opportunities for improving? Is there like a new CRM that we can use that would make our operations more efficient? Is there a new POS system that we can use that would allow us to make things more efficient by, I don't know, combining all of the delivery apps if you're a restaurant, right? All the like 17 delivery apps now. Should we be expanding? Are there new segments in the market that we should be appealing to, right? Like who are we speaking to? Has that shifted is there somebody new that we need to be speaking to? Is there a new product that we can bring in? This certain product did really, really well. How can we expand on that? And then threats. So what things are getting in the way of our success right now? Is there too much competition? Is the economy taking a hit? 
do people not have enough money to spend on whatever our product or service is right now? Are, is everybody doing things virtually? Are they all staying home? What trends threaten my business? So it's really important. You know, obviously you don't want to be a negative Nancy, but you do want to be aware of the sharks in the water, right? You do want to be aware of those things that could prevent you from reaching your your business goals. The other thing too is that when you're a young business or a lot of new entrepreneurs, they do not think about long term. They're so okay, so we've got a couple sides of the spectrum here. We've got some people that are looking so far into the future and they're so overwhelmed by it that they don't even start. And then we've got the other side of people that they don't focus or think about the long term at all. Maybe they're intimidated by it, so they just are like, okay, I'm gonna keep my head down and focus on where I'm at right now. But in order to drive a business, you have to know which direction you're going in. You have to know what your ultimate goals are because those ultimate goals are going to impact the decisions that you make today. You just have to take a step forward, you have to check out the landscape, and you have to decide where to go from there, right? Because a lot of times you don't know. This is more on a micro scale. Okay, I'm starting a new business. I don't know everything that I have to do. Take a step forward, check out the landscape, take another step forward, seeing like now that I know what I know after having taken this one little step, where do I go from here? That is what you should be doing. That's what everybody should be doing, okay? And then on the other side, you still have to know what that ultimate goal is, right? Because that ultimate goal is deciding, am I gonna go, you know, am I gonna angle to the left or am I gonna angle to the right? Am I gonna build this business just so that I can pay my rent or am I gonna build this business so that I can create this multi-million dollar company and have 35 employees and retire by the time I'm 34? You know what I mean? Like you have to know what your goal is because those goals are going to affect your decisions now. But then at the same time, you have to be okay with just kind of figuring it out where you are. I know it's a little bit of a contradiction and if you need more clarification on that, please send me an email, let me know. I, I know that that might seem a little confusing um, or a little bit paradoxical, but I know what I mean. <laughs> and so if you contact me, maybe I can explain it to you a little bit better. Um, but again, you have to know what your long-term goals are and then you have to sort of step back into where you are and say, okay, now what is the next littlest step that I can take to get there? Audiences, who are you speaking to? Right off the bat, it's easy, right? I know I'm speaking to, let's say, other moms, but we forget that we can always niche down more and we kind of, it's like kind of counterintuitive that we think that we have to market to like this huge sea of people. In actuality, that's not good because we need to speak to one person. Because if we are speaking to one person, we are going to resonate with them. If we are speaking to the masses, we are not going to resonate to anybody because we're going to be speaking in generalities. So we need to speak, we need to choose that one person that we're speaking to. So maybe we're speaking to, yes, a mom, but maybe she's a single mom. Maybe she's stressed the fuck out all the time. Maybe she doesn't have a huge support system. So maybe we are speaking to this person and we have now broken down all the characteristics of her life, all the things that matter to her so that we can really touch on those and she feels seen and heard. And that results in her knowing us. She likes us because she feels seen and heard and she trusts us for those same reasons, right? She trusts us because we get her. We understand what she wants. So then if we put out a product or service, she's going to be like, 
I know this is for me because I know they get me. I know they know what I need, right? For me, I have been rebranding Audacious Founder since 2020. And so my audience has actually been something that I have struggled with because originally when I started Audacious Founder, I wanted to speak directly to female entrepreneurs. But then as I started promoting and going, I got a lot of people that weren't entrepreneurs that maybe just needed some confidence boost around their career. So then I started questioning my original plan. And then I've also had moments where I'm like, you know what, maybe I should just promote to men as well. Like they start businesses. Some of them need help. Not all of them have everything handed to them. Like some of them have hardships too, and I can help them. That's not the right way, guys. That's not the right way. And that's why I say it's hard because if you get a customer who does resonate with your message, but they don't fall into your niche, it might make you question your niche. But actually, you don't need to because whatever you're doing, they're resonating with it anyway. You know what I mean? So like, even though you're not speaking directly to them, they are still resonating with you and that's okay. And you can still serve them as best you can without widening your niche, without widening or making more general who you're speaking to. So the point is with that is to just get, ooh, like the, the head of a pin, you know, get so specific on exactly who you're speaking to because you're going to reach people anyway that, that maybe you weren't thinking you'd reach. And that's fine. That's beautiful. That is beautiful because ultimately that's what we want, right? Ultimately, we just want to resonate with people, make them feel seen and heard, have a positive impact. So it doesn't matter if they are that single mom who's struggling. Like it could be that single mom who's like living the great life, but she still, she loves your, your personality, your brand identity. She loves what you're doing and she resonates with it, even though she's not struggling, like perfect because you're still helping her. And that's the ultimate goal. Part of what I do in coaching is I help people break this shit down into the smallest bite-sized chunks. For some people, it's like the most monotonous thing. But for me, I love it. I love breaking things down. I love analyzing things. I love sort of seeing all the tiny little pieces that make up something. When you're thinking about your brand identity, don't don't just think about, okay, yeah, I want to be a bar that like speaks to women and um, makes them feel safe and, and, and like our color is pink right? That's not what it is. It's, it's the personality traits. Like if my brand were a human being, what would they be? Would they be like the fun party girl, but who also is down to earth, who also is driven, who also cares about people, is kind, is welcoming? What are all of these personality traits of your brand? Because that's going to help you position yourself when you are like promoting and advertising and posting on social media, it's going to allow you to be like, okay, does this post represent all of those traits? Or is this post in conflict with those traits? And it's going to help, it's going to make things a lot more clear because that's, that's something too, that can get very tricky, especially if you're hiring somebody else to do your social media or do your advertising. It's really helpful to have all of this written down in a plan because it, it avoids error. It avoids miscommunication. Does this post reflect these values? What are our values? Our values are loving, acceptance, joy. Our values are community. Does this post, does this advertisement reflect that? So back to the rooftop space. 
there's no personality there. It was a beautiful space, but it was it was void. It was lacking any substance, which is fascinating because I think people don't they don't realize that this is a chair. This is some like fake grass. This is a bar. It doesn't need to have emotion. Yeah, fuck yeah, it does. When you walk into a space, when your eyes get set on something, whether it's a logo or a physical space, you need to feel something. Everything is art. Everything should be treated as art because that's how you are going to impact people. If somebody walks into a space and they don't have any feeling, they're not gonna remember that space. They're not gonna remember your brand. Every single thing you do should evoke some sort of feeling. And and that feeling, again, should have to do with your values and your personality traits. When people walked into my bar, they should have felt welcomed. They should have felt calm and relaxed and accepted. They should have felt excited because they were about to have fun. Surprised because we had food that was vegan, like mind-blowingly good, that you would never guess that it was vegan. All of these things... It's so important because this helps you build an experience. And especially now in 2022 with social media and we're so, like we have access to so much online and and with travel too, that every single thing should be about the experience of your customer. And again, this, this comes down to emotion again, because like what kind of experience do you want them to have? Do you want them to have a shitty, frustrating experience like I had with Apple before they fixed it? No, right? You don't want that. You want a consistent, positive experience that is aligned and cohesive with what you have curated. Like you have to curate this experience every single time. You're a cookie brand. Every single time your customer interacts with your brand, they should have that same kind of experience, those same kind of feelings, because that's what's gonna get them to know, like, and trust you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Again, it's always a pleasure to create these episodes for you. I hope that you got a a lot out of this. And if there's anything that remains unclear, please feel free to reach out to me via Instagram or email. Uh, If you did enjoy this episode, please go ahead and give me a five-star review. That will help other people to find me. And share it with your friends. That would be amazing. Thanks again. Talk to you soon.